to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, as we pick up our way through the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, title of our message is Full Access. Full Access. My wife and I occasionally will go to Gelson's Market for lunch down the street. We, we love it because it's fast. They have the food out already. We can just pick our food and just sit down, eat, and uh, just it's kind of the way we are. We like eating fast and going and moving. We like to take advantage of our time as much as we can. So just particular time we went there, we were with a friend of ours, and as we were there and we ordered our food, there was no room to sit down. There wasn't enough room for us to sit down. So we were looking, and it was raining that particular day, so we couldn't go outside. We couldn't go up on the balcony and all that. So there was limited seating. So we looked at the wine bar area, and there's seats near the wine bar. So we just went over there. We put our our food down, and we sat down. Well, the lady that works behind the bar, she came up to us. It was interesting because we're in there, and they know who we are. They know I'm a pastor and all. And uh, so right away, she says, uh, well, the manager said, you cannot sit here unless you buy alcohol. I mean, just think, think of how that even comes out. It's like she, didn't, she assumed we don't drink alcohol, but she already knew that. For her to say that, she should have said, well, can I get you something to drink? And then we would have said, no, thank you, we're good. But she just you know, immediately said, you cannot sit. The manager said, you can't sit here unless you drink alcohol. So you don't say that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, before I could even talk to my wife, I seen her marching over to the manager. She's just like this. <laughs> and I put my head down and I says, oh, she's in trouble. The manager's in trouble. I've been here before. She's in trouble. And I knew what was going to happen. I already knew that we're going to have full access. I mean, I knew it. And sure enough, she marched over there to the manager. She says, it's just, it's common sense. You don't have any seating for us. There's seating here. We don't drink alcohol. And then, and the other key is, there's nobody there. And the lady even said, nobody was sitting there all day and nobody's been there for all these hours and it's just empty. So it just makes sense. And so she just, you know, give her the what for, just a little bit. <laughs> and sure enough, the manager said, I'm, I'm so sorry. You guys can sit there anytime you want. You guys sit there. We had full access. Anytime. When we think of the Lord, when we think of the throne of God, like the throne of God himself, do we realize the access that we have? Do we realize that we have full, complete access because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary? There's no restrictions when you're a believer in Jesus Christ. It's not like the, the cherubim and the seraphim are just standing there and just saying, no, you can't get in. Only the elite come in this place. No, we have full access because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we receive him as our personal Lord and Savior, as we're going to look at, we have full access to the very throne of God. And I just want to shout out to all of us here that are believers in Jesus Christ. Are we taking advantage of our access that we have? Are we going into the throne of grace? Are we obtaining the mercy that we need? Are we, uh, are we taking hold of the grace that's provided for us in, in time of need? Are we, are we accessing God's 
throne. Do you realize the throne of God, the power that's in the throne of God, the, the one that created everything? We have access. And we're going to talk about that here in our text. So I'm just going to ask, you guys look so comfortable. Look at this. <laughs> but I'm going to ask, if, please, let's stand as we just read these verses. So again, 1 Peter chapter 3, picking up in verse 18, we're going to read to the end. The Apostle Peter speaking, writing, and he writes, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he, Jesus, might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he, Jesus, went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waiting in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. There's also an antitype which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Lord, we pray over these verses one more time before we, before we dive into them. Lord, you know there's a lot here and there's so much that we can look into, but we pray that you'd help us to stay focused on what you want us to focus on. Speak to us through your word again, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can be seated, thank you. Just so you know, Bible scholars, Bible teachers, those that teach the word of God, many churches, they usually skip over this passage here. Many Bible scholars say that this is probably the most difficult passage in all the Bible. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said regarding verses 18 to 22, he says, they're the most difficult verses I have ever had to consider. But we don't skip over passages here because they're a little difficult. We, we go verse by verse, we go through the Bible, we go chapter by chapter, we do our best to expound and teach the best we can on what is in front of us. There's some things that we won't know. There's some things that we can only speculate. There's a, a lot of speculation with these verses, so I'm just gonna do my best to unpack some of it uh, here today. We're gonna focus on verses 18, 19, and 20. Next week we'll, hopefully, Lord willing, if we're still here, if the Lord doesn't come and take us, that would be better though, wouldn't it? <laughs> we're gonna look at verses 21 and 22. So with that being said, let's take another look. Let's look back at verse 18, and it says, verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he, Jesus, might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. It's so important that we realize that Christ suffered once for sin. He, he doesn't continually go up on the cross. There's some churches that teach he's perpetually on the cross, that he's constantly dying for our sins. And so we, we have to make sure we understand that. The Bible does not teach that. When we partake of communion, it's not that you know, we're, we're partaking of communion you know, because Jesus is dying in his body. This is his actual body and his actual blood. No, they're elements for us to, to remember, to, to remember his death on the cross. It's not his flesh that we're partaking of. It's not the blood. So Christ suffered once for all the just for the unjust. The one that knew no sin, the perfect God-man Jesus died in our place the just for the unjust, that he might be, bring us to God, we'll talk about that in a minute, being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the Spirit. 
When Jesus Christ died on the cross, his body died. He, his, you know, it was his body. It died for three days. It was in the tomb, and then he was resurrected. So th- there was death to his body for a short period of time. But his spirit, and I, I believe the better, uh, instead of the capital S, I believe it's his spirit. It, he was made alive. His spirit was continually alive. His spirit, as we're going to talk about, went in, you know, into the hands of the Father. But then his spirit went someplace, and it, it went to a place that we're going to talk about. But I want to focus here where it says that he, Jesus, might bring us to God. Do you notice he suffered for sin? Why did he suffer? That he might bring us to God. Interesting, these three words, it's the, he might bring. It's one Greek word called, it's prosago. The Greek word is prosago. It's to open a way of access, to grant access to God. Jesus is our prosago. He, he gave us access to the throne. In ancient courts, when you wanted to go see the king, you couldn't just walk up to the king. You couldn't just say, well, hey, kingster, hey, buddy, how you doing? You, just, you couldn't do that. You could not get near the king. You, you had to go to an official. There was somebody that was official that was placed there that would guard the throne of the king, and you could not have access. You had to go through this person, this official that was there. And as we look at this, we look at the fact that Jesus is the one that gives us full access. That's what he died for, that we could go before the throne of God. He, he died for our sins. He suffered. He, he was brutally beaten. He was scourged. He was nailed to the cross, again, that he might bring us to God. And I just want to say, as we look at these verses, are we taking advantage of that access? Full access. I pray we're taking advantage of it. Walking in, spending time with the Father. Full access to his throne. You may know my wife, she served at uh, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa for over 20 years, and uh, she you know, served under Pastor Chuck Smith for for most of those years, if not all of those years. Yeah, all of those years. But uh, Pastor Chuck knew that she loved chocolate, so he would bring in seized candy for her. And I, so he would you know, bring little candies to her. But then in his office, in his desk, he had a special stash, a drawer that he put his candy in, a, in his stash. So I would go in there sometimes too. He'd say, come on, Kathleen, come here. And he'd, he'd open up his drawer and he'd have all these nice you know, chocolates and different candies. And he goes, which one do you want? And so she would pick out her candy and he would tell her, it says, you know, you have access to this drawer anytime. He says, if I'm not here, you want some chocolate, this is you have full access, so just come on in and take, you know. He never said that to me. I don't know why, but he didn't. Probably because I would take advantage of that. I don't know, no. But she never took advantage. Matter of fact, as far as I know, she never went in the office and said, you know, pulled out the drawer, Chuck's not here, you know, let's load our pockets, you know. She never did that. She always waited. She could have, but she always waited. And he would bring it to her and he'd say, here, you know, give her because he knew what kind of chocolate she liked and all that kind of stuff, you know. But I, but I think about that, you know, she didn't take advantage of the full access that she had. And I, I believe that's the case for us as believers. I don't believe we take full advantage of the, 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 the access we have to the very throne of God. We, we can just go right in. And I want to encourage us today, let's go in and spend time at the throne. Getting up in the morning, bowing before our king. Good morning, Lord. 
what do you have for me today? Abba, Daddy, what do you want to accomplish through me today? I know my life doesn't belong to me anymore. Thank you. You purchased me. You, you paid for me. So I can't orchestrate my day unless I come to your throne for marching orders. Thank you for this access that I have. We have full access. I have a little personal thing for myself. I, I'm, I really would like one day to, to go to the White House and be in part of a prayer meet. I don't know why. It's just in my heart, you know. But, you know, that door hasn't opened for me yet. But I just think it would be an awesome thing to be with other pastors at the White House and just praying and being in, you know, just being in that place. I, I know some of my friends that are in there. I'd never asked, you know. But I just think that would be an awesome thing one day just to be there. But, you know, I'm not knocking on the doors. I'm not, you know, I'm just waiting. I'm just praying until the access is there. But when the access is there, I'm going to take advantage of that access. But how much more we have access to his throne. Remember in Matthew 27 when Jesus died on the cross? You guys know this. Remember, it tells us the veil. Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The veil was opened to the temple. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the veil to the temple was, was rent. Do you notice what it says? From top to bottom. Why is it from the top to the bottom? Do you know? Because God did it. Showing that God opened up the veil. The veil of the temple used to separate man from God. Nobody could go in except the high priest. Once a year at the Day of Atonement, only the high priest could go in. And he had to go through all this ritual stuff and all this ceremonial stuff to make sure that he was clean. So much so they would even tie a rope around his ankle in case he died in there so they could just pull him out because no one else could go get him. And he'd have little bells on his robe so they can hear. They're listening. Okay, I don't hear any bells. I don't know if he's alive. Pull on the rope. No, I'm still here, guys. <laughs> but what it shows us is that Jesus Christ is the high priest, the great high priest. He entered into the heavenlies. Now there's no longer a need for the temple here on earth. It was just a picture of the shadow of things that are in heaven. But the great high priest is the veil, and he opens up the veil, and he says, come on in, my children. Not just the high priest goes in, but he goes in to make access for us and he opens up the door and he says, come on in, come on in, come on in all you believers. Come to the throne of my father. I made a way for you. And I believe maybe for us, we're, well, I got a busy schedule. Oh, excuse me, busy schedule. Uh, maybe next week, oh, I got, I'll have more time. Can I pencil you in on my Franklin? Hold on a second, let me pencil you in, God. I love what we're told in Hebrews chapter 6. This is the, the living Bible. Check this out. It says, This certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for the soul. We're saved, and it's an anchor to our soul. Listen to this. Connecting us, talking about Jesus, connecting us with God himself behind the sacred curtains of heaven where Christ has gone ahead to plead for us from his position as our, can we say it together? high priest with the honor and rank of Melchizedek. He, he's made a way to, to the holy of holies. We, we can come into the holy of holies, the, the most holiest place there is. We're allowed to enter right in. Why? Because Jesus Christ is now our great high priest and he gives us access, full access. Are we taking advantage of it? I love these verses right here. Don't you love Hebrews 4.15? It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. You know what that means? That means we do have a high priest that can sympathize with our weaknesses. 
Because why? It says, but in all points, he was tempted as we were, yet without sin. In other words, Jesus Christ came to the earth. He was tempted. He was tried. He, he experienced all that we went through, but without sin. He, he, he didn't sin. But it says that we have this high priest that came to the earth. He knows what we go through, and he sympathizes with us. God, I need help. Lord, I'm, I'm going through this struggle. Lord, I'm going through this battle. He's like, I'm your great high priest. I want to help you. Let me help you. And then what does it say? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. So not only do we have full access, not only do we have full access to the throne of God, we have a high priest that sympathizes with us, that knows what we're going through, that wants to help us, and then we have a throne that's there, and it's called the throne of grace. Let me remind you, unmerited, undeserved, unearned, favor. You mean I can just go into the throne of God anytime I want and, and he's going to say, come on in? And, and he's saying, come in boldly, confidently? Yes. And I'm going to have favor? Oh, absolutely. Are you a Christian? Are you born of God's Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. Come on in. And if it stopped right there, wouldn't that be great? We'd say, wow. But it doesn't even stop there, does it? Then it goes on that you may obtain mercy. How many of you need mercy every day? Yeah. You come in, you have favor. It's a throne of favor and it says, I want to give you mercy. Do you want to have mercy today? Do you know I use this verse probably every day, at least once a day, I use this verse in my prayer time with the Lord? Because it's so powerful. I need his mercies every day. I go before his throne of grace. I said, God, I come boldly before your throne of grace that I might obtain mercy. Lord, please, may, may I obtain mercy again today. Can I start my day with mercy, Lord, please? That I might obtain your mercy. And Lord, can I remind you, it doesn't just stop there. It says that, and that I might have grace to help in time of need. How many need grace to help you in time of need? Yeah, every day. I don't believe there's a day that goes by I don't pray this prayer to the Lord. Sometimes twice. If it's a bad day, 20 times. No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Grace to help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. Unmerited favor to help in time of need. This is our God. I don't know what picture you have of God, like he's some mean, cruel master in heaven just waiting to, to you know, correct you and spank you and hit you and kick you and throw you on the ground and, and just beat you and all these crazy things. No, he wants you to come and repent and turn from your sin. He wants to help you. He wants to fill you with his love. He wants to fill you with his joy. He wants to fill you with his goodness. And he wants to help you with his grace, his favor. That's God. Okay, check this one out. Hebrews, what else does he say? Talking about his throne and all this and what he did for us at the cross. It says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. When Jesus Christ came to the earth, he became a man, 100% God, 100% man, but still, he came in a little lower than the angels. He wasn't able to, you know, do, he, you know, laid aside some of his powers, if you would, for a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. He went to the cross, he tasted death for everyone. For it was not fitting for him, who, for whom are all things, through all things, Jesus, Jesus made everything. And by whom are all things? Through Jesus. And bringing, can we say this together? Bringing many sons to glory. He tasted death. He went to the cross. 
confirming what we just read, not that we need to confirm it, but he wants to bring many sons to glory, many sons and daughters to glory. What are you talking about glory? Well, in his glory, his, his presence in, in heaven, he wants to bring you to, to his presence in glory. Ultimately, that's gonna be when we die. To be absent from our body as believers is, means we're gonna be in the presence of the Lord. But I believe also we can just enter into his glory. We can enter into his presence any time. And check this out. I just, just little theological stuff down here. To make, the, to make the captain of their salvation, that's Jesus, perfect through suffering. And you might look at that and say, what? Jesus was made perfect through suffering? Wasn't Jesus already perfect? Very good. You're right. Jesus was already perfect. I believe what it's saying to make him perfect through suffering, meaning that it's not he's made perfect because he's already perfect, but his perfect sacrifice and, then, and, and through the suffering, through the cross, he was put into a perfect position, a, a better position for us as, as high priest over the house of God. Before this, he wasn't high priest over the believers. Now, because of his death and resurrection, he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's high priest over the house of God. It's, he's got a better position, a more, a, a, you know, more of a, uh, an honored position over the house of God. Amen? Does that make sense? So it's a reminder. Take advantage of your access. Start your day off in his glory, in his presence. Don't start a day without going into his throne. You might say, Pastor, my schedule's so busy, you don't understand. Well, if it's too busy for God, then you're too busy. And let me tell you this. When you spend time first at his throne your day will go much better. You'll have more clarity, you'll have more wisdom, you'll have more understanding, and you'll have your marching orders, hopefully. Okay, next verse. You ready for the next two verses? You thought that was heavy. Just wait and see what's coming up. (laughs) By whom also he, Jesus, went and preached to the spirits in prison. What does that mean? Who formerly were disobedient, who once, when, excuse me, when once the divine suffering waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water, by whom also he, Jesus, went and preached to prisoners, the spirits in prison. Well, let me start by saying this. The word preach here does not mean he preached the gospel. This word, if you're a note taker, it means to herald, to make an official or legal announcement. Others believe that The spirits that are talking about here, the spirits of the people during Noah's day that died, they went into a place called Hades. We'll look at that. And he's preaching to them, telling them that possibly, and we'll we'll look at this a little closer, going into Hades, going into uh, the place where the holding place is, telling them, standing there, Jesus standing there and saying, I'm the one you rejected. These people on the other side, on Abraham's bosom, as we're going to look at, they were right. They preached to you guys. You rejected them. You mocked them. You killed them. You, you beat them. They believed in me. And so possibly the preaching that's going on there. We're, let's look at what we do know. I try not to go too deep on Sunday mornings, so this is a little stretch for us, but I love this. Remember as we talk about Hades and Abraham's bosom, remember in Luke chapter 16, the story of the rich man and Lazarus? 
Do not let anybody tell you that this is a parable. This is not a parable. Why do I say this is not a parable? Well, there's many reasons, but one that clenches it for me because there's an actual person being named called Lazarus. None of the parables name names. This is a person, a real person that lived, so it's not a parable. Before Jesus died on the cross, there was a place called Abraham's bosom, or also known as paradise. We're going to look at this. And this, this, I love this. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.